Do you like free stuff? I do. BlueprintMCAT.com. Go sign up for a free account. Get access to Blueprint MCAT's Diagnostic, Blueprint MCAT's Full Length One, Blueprint MCAT's amazing brand new space repetition platform with over 1,600 flashcards already made for you, as well as their amazing study planner tool. Schedule out the content so you know if you are on track to take the MCAT when you need to. Again, that's blueprintmcat.com for all of those free goodies. The MCAT Podcast, session number 131. A collaboration between the medical school headquarters and Blueprint MCAT. The MCAT Podcast is free MCAT prep to help you understand the MCAT, teach you how to break down questions, and give you the skills and confidence to get the score you want on your MCAT test day. Learn more about Blueprint MCAT at blueprintprep.com slash MCAT. Welcome to the MCAT Podcast. My name is Dr. Ryan Gray, your host here every week. And this week I am again joined by Clara from Next Step Test Prep. She is the master of content for Next Step Test Prep. So if you are taking some Next Step exams, then go check out everything. Welcome back to the MCAT Podcast. My name is Dr. Ryan Gray. If this is the first time joining us here on the MCAT Podcast, I recommend you hit pause, go back and start at the start of this journey for our Next Step full-length 10 discussion way back several months ago. So I would go back and start listening where we start with Chem Fizz, Passage 1, Question 1 for Next Step Full-Length 10. As always, I'm joined by Clara, and we're going to jump right in to our last passage here in the Bio-Biochem section. Clara, back for some more Next Step Test Prep and MCAT podcasts. I'm kind of getting excited and nervous that we're we're wrapping up Bio-Biochem and the unknown of Psychsoch getting into my head with Psychsoch. So uh, I'm excited to wrap these up, but scared of the future. Well, <laughs> don't worry. There's not, not too much to be scared of with Psychsoch. <laughs> it'll be different, but it'll be fun. What's the data show from Next Step, the Next Step's data of how well students or how bad students are doing in Psychsoch? Is it one of the easier sections, harder sections? Well, it's, it's interesting because... In terms of, so we have a lot of data from thousands of students uh, that shows basically score by section and uh, on, on next step full lengths. And then we also have collected data about um, official MCAT score and AAMC practice test scores. And from what we've seen, the sections are really pretty even, which makes sense, right? That's the MCAT is designed so that the median score in each section is the same. But what I have found are are pretty big, big differences, like not in terms of like what score students get, but in things like timing, for example, like you can finish a psych social section in just like, you know, 45 minutes where you would never, ever finish uh, a, another one of the science sections that quickly. So it's different, but score wise, not anything dramatic. Okay, interesting. So potentially easier, but maybe because it's easier, the scores are, are harder to obtain. Yes. Okay. All right. Because they're not What's the word? They're they're scaled. They're not. What's the word that everybody uses that it's wrong? I forget. Um, curved. Not curved, but yeah. they are equated. Yeah. Is equated. The same. Yeah. I still don't understand <laughs> the difference, but hey, whatever. Oh, it's subtle. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So let's go ahead and dive into 
our passage today. Again, if you want to follow along, go to mcatpodcast.com and you can follow along in our show notes, download the handouts for today. Okay, so passage 10, our last passage in BioBioChem. A research team conducted a number of lab experiments to investigate activity of membrane proteins in three different cell types. Experiment 1. Voltage clamp electrodes were used to measure the transmembrane potential difference of a squid axon and to track it as a function of time. Application of L-glutamate to the cell dendrites resulted in a depolarization of the membrane and a repolarization in the opposite direction, as shown in the accompanying chart. And then here we see table one. Uh, the caption for table one is transmembrane potential difference of squid axon over time. And if you are not following along in the handout, this is a very simple table here. It just shows transmembrane potential, and it has a bunch of different potentials starting with negative 70, going all the way up to plus 40, and then going back down to negative 70. And then that is mapped against time. So we see this negative 70 up to plus 40, back down to negative 70, all over about 5,500 milliseconds. Then experiment two Mutated red blood cells were reproduced in a number of cell cultures, which were separated into different repositories. Repository A was placed in a 310 milliosmol per kilogram sodium solution. Repository B was placed in distilled water. And repository C was placed in a mixture which contained fluorescent transferrin complexes, fluorescent concannabalin A complexes, iron 3 plus ion, and a dilute concentration of vinblastine. Each repository was microscopically observed one hour later and 12 hours later. It was later determined that the mutation in the cell cultures affected active transport ion channels. Then the results of the environmental surroundings tests are given, and we see that culture A, after one hour, had no effect. Culture B had partial lysis, and culture C had a slight fluorescence of cell cytoplasms. And then they also tell us after 12 hours... Culture A had partial shrinkage of the cell size, culture B now had complete lysis, and culture C had increased fluorescence of cell cytoplasms. Finally, experiment three, an extraction from a localized site of a biological specimen which was experiencing an infection due to a prokaryotic pathogen was cryofixated and imaged with electron microscopy. The resulting image depicts cells, and actually the passage did not give an image, so it must be inferred results depict cells identified by the researchers as neutrophil granulocytes. Several of these cells appear to have been in various stages of engulfing pathogen cells. The image additionally depicts cells identified as macrophages, which appear to have been in various stages of engulfing neutrophil granulocytes. C, 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 move on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a lot going on, but the nice thing is it's really clearly divided into experiments. So some question might like just ask about experiment one and then we know where, where to go. All right. Wow. Okay. So question 53, which transmembrane protein is most likely to have been involved with the repolarization of the transmembrane potential difference in experiment one? So again, just experiment one, which is nice. A- sodium-potassium passive transport channel, B, sodium-potassium active transport channel, C, sodium-potassium ligand-gated channel, or D, none of the above. So it's interesting. It's, it's one of those that I remember from experiment two, at the very end, it said it 
affected active transport ion channel. So that almost is like triggering me to go, ooh, active transport channel. But it's referring to experiment one. And so I'm not sure if experiment two is the same if I have to keep that in mind with what's going on. But because experiment one doesn't really tell me anything about active or passive or ligand gated, oh man, I think I would just, I would, for time purposes, I would pick the active transport one and then move on thinking that maybe there's some similarity with the experiments and, and that would be it. And then I would move on. <laughs> yeah, uh, it works out actually. <laughs> so you got it. But it's interesting. It actually is for, for a different reason why active transport is the answer. So experiment two did mention that this mutation affected active transport ion channels. Mm -hmm. But the real reason why the answer to this question is active transport is because it's, it's actually really a content question. So it's almost a pseudo discrete, which is kind of weird because it references an experiment in the passage. Mm -hmm. But the question talks about repolarization. And when we're talking about repolarization and basically reestablishing the resting membrane potential, then that is always going to be the sodium-potassium pump. So the sodium-potassium ATPase is um, an active transport channel, and that is what establishes our resting membrane potential back at that negative 70 value. Wow. So, so yeah. good guess. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, and that's, it always, it's one of those, I think, that, that kind of makes me mad as as a student going through this, like, if you're going to give me a passage, give me a passage question. Don't hide pseudo-discretes in passage questions. <laughs> that is the trickiness of the MCAT, right? Is that it's it's hard for this one to even see that it's a pseudo-discrete. So it is it is frustrating for sure. Yeah. Okay. All 54. Right. 54. In experiment two, what best explains the consequences of the 310 milliosmol per kilogram sodium NA plus solution on the cells in repository A. Answer choice A, partial functioning of active transport ion channels. B, biconcave nature of red blood cell membrane, decreasing the cell's structural rigidity. C, passive flow of ions through transmembrane proteins. Or D, outflow of water molecules through aquaporins. Ooh. <laughs> so... The repository A placed in the 310 milliosmol solution. And then the cell. So then we, we have the different cultures. But I'm looking at the table two as the different cultures. And I'm looking at the question. So, so I'm trying to go step one. What is the question asking me? And I'm trying to figure out if the, in, in the experiments, culture A, B, and C, if that has anything to do with the question or not, or just, just the cells in general. I almost wonder if this is like another pseudo-discrete where it's saying, hey, what's going to happen when you place cells in this, I'm assuming is a, a hypertonic solution? And so... I. Am I on the right track of what it's trying to ask me? You are. Okay. So what's going to happen to the cells in a in a hyperosmotic solution? And we're we're told that the repository A is red blood cells. And so we have 
Answer choice A, partial functioning of active transport ion channels. I don't know what that means at this point for a hyperosmotic solution. B, biconcave nature of red blood cells. So it's like, hey, red blood cells are biconcave. So it's like, oh yeah, that must be it because it's telling me a fact. But I don't know if it has to answer the question here and affecting the cell's structural rigidity. C, passive flow of ions through transmembrane proteins, or D, outflow of water molecules through aquaporins. <sighs> so you're, you're placed in a hyperosmotic solution, you would think because the diffusion and osmosis and all that fun stuff, whatever, <laughs> whatever is needed here, it's going to try to go from low to high to make everything balanced. So I would pick D, because it seems the most logical, but I'm not sure. He is perfect. All right. Look at that. <laughs> On a roll. Okay. Uh, yeah. 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 This is actually um, a really good question, I think. And you were mostly right about it being pseudo discrete. Basically, you can answer this question using just content knowledge. If you do think, oh, like 310 milliosmol, that sounds kind of high. So that must be hypertonic. And then what happens when a cell is in a hypertonic solution is uh, water will want to rebalance. So water will move from an area where there is um, low solute, like inside the cell, to an area of high solute. And that is exactly why our water molecules will flow out through aquaporins, which is D. So you totally can actually get it without using the passage. The thing is, you also can use the passage. Like, for example, if you didn't know that 310 milliosmoles per kilogram is hypertonic because because you don't really have to know like sort of detailed medical pieces of information like that um what you could do is you could go back to table two and that's where it told us that after 12 hours culture a showed partial shrinkage of cell size so that's where it's like okay we've confirmed that water must have been flowing out of the cell that totally fits in with d mm. okay yeah all um, right all right cool and yeah the others were way off they were they were all kind of crazy yeah. The red blood cell membrane has nothing to do with this. Yeah. Okay. Question 55. Why did the lysis in experiment two occur? And it's a Roman numeral one. So we have Roman numeral one. Lack of ability of transmembrane channels to relieve osmotic pressure. Two. Hydrophilic nature of cell membrane working in combination with surrounding water and three, flow of distilled water into the cells. So if answer choice A is one and two, answer choice B, one and three, answer choice C, two and three, and answer choice D, one, two, and three. So this is interesting. Three right off the bat jumps out at me as completely opposite of the answer that we just picked for question 54. Uh, water going into the cells because we just said water is going out of the cells to from an area of, of low solute, solute to high solute, as you said. So I would uh, automatically get rid of three, which only leaves me A, answer choice one and two only. Well, this is a funny question because experiment two had three different cell cultures. So culture A is the one we talked about in the previous question, and that's the one where water flowed out of the cell. Mm -hmm. But there were two other cultures, and actually the question here says, um, why did the lysis in experiment two occurs occur? And if we go back to experiment two, 
we can see that complete lysis, like the only place the word lysis shows up is with culture B. So it's actually asking about a totally different cell culture than the question before. Oh, interesting. Got to be careful because, yeah, I mean, you, you didn't, it's an easy mistake to make because we know experiment two, right experiment, but wrong culture. So actually three is a perfectly valid answer here because um, the opposite thing is happening than what's happening before. We see lysis. Lysis usually means um, the cell essentially like explodes and yep. that can totally happen. Yeah. When distilled water floats into the cells. So three uh, is an answer. Yeah. And then okay. We, and then I, one makes sense for that too. The transmembrane channels to relieve the osmotic pressure. So it explodes. Um, and so the question then is if two is correct, because if two is correct, then it's D. If two is not correct, then it's B. So hydrophilic nature of cell membrane working in combination with surrounding water. And I don't remember cell membranes if they're hydrophilic or hydrophobic. I think they're hydrophilic on the outside, right? They are. Hydrophobic on the inner membrane. Totally. Okay. And so the question is, does that have any effect on the lysis? And I, it doesn't make sense that it would, so I would probably exclude it and just go with B, one and three only. Awesome. That's okay. perfect. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because if we know, okay, like the outside of the cell membrane is hydrophilic, the inner part with the phospholipid tails is hydrophobic. So the hydrophilic part isn't wrong that it touches the outside water, but it just has nothing to do with this. Cause like the cell membrane's always hydrophilic on the outside and cells aren't always slicing. <laughs> That'd be <laughs> oh, fun. We'd, we'd have a problem if, if that were true. Yeah. So, so that makes it a little bit easier if we just think of common sense. Uh, and then, yeah, our answer is uh, B. Okay. Very cool. Awesome. All right. Last one. 56. One effect that vinblastine has been shown to have is to induce endocytotic activity in red blood cells. With this in mind, what would be the likely effect if vinblastine levels were increased and experiment two were to be rerun with a higher vinblastine concentration in the mixture surrounding cell culture C? Uh, so it's a long one. A says fluorescence of the cell cytoplasms would occur more rapidly due to increased uptake of fluorescent bonded molecule complexes. B says fluorescence of the cell cytoplasms would not occur due to increased endocytosis causing more rapid evacuation of fluoresced material. C says no effect as endocytotic activity is not specific to transferrin or concannabalin A, but rather has equal effects on various types of surrounding molecules. And then finally, D says no effect as the increased fluorescence is being caused by the defect in active transport membrane proteins, which prevents them from evacuating fluoresced materials. <laughs> Um, yeah, like I said at the very beginning, see and move on this, this one for me, the, with the way that I read and my poor reading comprehension, I'd have to read this question like three or four or five times to figure out what it's asking me. And then each of the question, the answers are so long that I would be scared off by this and, and probably just move on. But since we're on a podcast and we're not actually sitting down for the real test, we can try to think through this one. So the question is saying, what's going to happen if we add more vinblastine and experiment two is rerun with the higher vinblastine concentration for cell culture C? So now we've had 
a question about A, one about B, and now we are on C. And so just to remind the listener, culture C, after one hour, there was a slight fluorescence of cell cytoplasms, and after 12 hours, increased fluorescence of cell cytoplasms. And so the question is, what's going to happen with more vinblastine? It's inducing endocytic activity in red blood cells. So if it's telling me it's inducing activity, I'm going to assume that we're going to get more fluorescence because there's more activity going on. It's going to pick up stuff more. So based on that, I would probably go with interchoice A because that's the only one that says the fluorescence would occur more rapidly. And so that's what I would pick. That's a good pick. Oh, okay. <laughs> that happens to work out this time. I, I mean, it's, it's interesting, right? Because it's fair because we're thinking endocytosis, it'll pick up more stuff. And so there'll be more activity. And that actually is like exactly what's going on here. But sometimes you can get weird questions where they'll trick you, right? And it's like increased activity, but it's like increased activity of something that they said earlier was like an inhibitor. Mm. Um, so it's good to be careful. But yeah, if we're, we don't want to spend too much time on this, um, we can go with A. And A is perfect because we're inducing endocytotic activity. Endocytosis means essentially bringing cargo, bringing material into the cell. And they told us in the passage that the cell culture C was placed in a mixture containing all of these basically fluorescent complexes. So if now we do more endocytosis, well, the cell was floating around with all these fluorescent complexes outside of it. Now it's endocytosing them and it's bringing more fluorescence into the cell. And then A is just perfect. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So this was a pretty hard passage for somebody who's reading the passage and like I did kind of freaks out at the very beginning, like uh, C, 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 move on. What would you recommend that student do just to give them a fighting chance of maybe getting one or two, right? Yeah. Well, it's interesting, right? Cause you thought this was going to be a really crazy passage. And then I think you got them all right. Uh, or I guess there was one <laughs> that was the Roman numeral one, but I, I, I would say first, people are really bad at accurately predicting the difficulty of a passage just by looking at it. Mm -hmm. Like everyone is, is just really bad at it. And that's one of the reasons why triaging passages doesn't help. So the first thing I'd say is just don't necessarily assume that questions are going to be really hard just because the passage is really dense. What do you mean by triaging passages? Triaging was a strategy uh, that was used by some of the other test prep companies for the old, like the pre-2015 MCAT, mm -hmm. uh, where basically they would say, oh, the first thing you should do when you get to a new section is like click through really quickly and try to see which passages look hard and which ones look easy. Okay. Uh, and then do the easy ones first. And then maybe there's some hard ones. If you don't have time, you won't get to those. And it was a horrible failure of a method because... First of all, people would think something looks hard and it turns out the questions were really easy and then they would miss out. Uh, and then also it just doesn't work anymore because now they show one question at a time. So it just takes forever to click through. Okay. Yeah. So that's the first thing is don't, don't assume it'll be too hard. And then the second thing is uh, even if you just focus on getting like a little mental summary of the three experiments where you're just like, oh, one was sort of just like, 
membrane potential and some like neuron essentially might be like content based. Two was all these different cell cultures. And then three was something to do with like neutrophils. If you just even get a mental summary of all three of them, then it can make it feel a lot more manageable because you realize it's really just about three different experiments. It's not like you don't get distracted by all the dense, like concannibalin, you know, random words. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And if you have to, you always can just pick an answer, mark it or flag it and then move on because yeah, if you have time at the end, great. If you don't, then probably that wasn't what you should have been spending your time on anyway. All right. There you have it again. Next step, test prep, full length 10 bio biochem, our last passage of bio biochem. Next week, we have one more set of discretes for BioBioChem before we move on to PsychSoch. If you are looking for a self-paced online course for the MCAT, maybe one-on-one tutoring isn't something you're interested in, maybe you don't have the budget for one-on-one tutoring, check out Next Step Test Prep. And the course that they have to offer, the MCAT course, comes with over 100 hours of videos, access to all of their materials, access to the AAMC materials, and best of all, access to live office hours, five days a week, two hours at a time. So you can get the one-on-one help that you need for your MCAT prep, even through an online course. Again, that's Next Step Test Prep and their MCAT course. Use the promo code MCATPOD to save $50 off their course. If you qualify for FAP, email them, let them know, and they have a very generous deal for you if you qualify for FAP and you need some MCAT prep as well. Again, that's nextsteptestprep.com and use the promo code MCATPOD. That's all capital letters, M-C-A-T-P-O-D. Have a great week. We'll see you next time here on the MCAT Podcast.